Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome to a new week, Solar Warrior. Here we go. This is Two for Tuesday. Whether that's a tactical Tuesday or just content from one of our many live events like SPI Podcast Lounge, this is going to be a short form conversation typically with subject matter experts designed to give you the practical tools, tips and advice for building your solar business or career and grow with us here on Suncast as I know you will. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us again and level up your game. Remember, you can always find the resources and learn more about today's guests and recommendations in the blog at mysuncast.com. So get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior. Here we go with another powerful conversation on Suncast. All right, Solar Warriors, we're going to get down to business today with a Suncast alum. As I mentioned already, Tom Tansy was episode 111. And his entrepreneurial story is one you really, really must go back and listen to if you haven't. If you're new to the show, I really want to encourage you to bookmark episode 111. Easy to find. It's all the same number. <laughs> and you'll learn the story of how he got into the solar industry and how uh, he parlayed one opportunity after the other into a very successful career as an entrepreneur, effectively in the burgeoning IT space in uh, the internet and has found a home for himself as one of the arbiters of the way the regulatory policy in the solar and now broadly the what we call the internet of energy makes its way to us, the practitioners. Mr. Tom Tanzi, welcome back to Suncast. Thanks, Nico. Glad to be here. Man, absolutely. It's, it's great to have you back. And I get the sense, not only as Sunspec is growing and gaining year after year, so much credibility. I mean, just one of the most recent episodes we had uh, with Paul Daly, he was referring to a lot of the work that he and others are helping, uh, you know, our friends Jeff and many others that have been sort of old hat wrenches in the industry, helping sort of upgrade the standards by which the industry operates. And I really do see Sunspec kind of sitting at the nexus and really as an enabler for this internet of energy. Is that fair? Do you feel like Sunspec has has earned the right to to sit in that place? Well, that's that's right. I mean, to to have you earned it, I guess you'll you'll judge us by our by what we actually do by day by day. I would say that certainly there's no doubt that we have been at the table in driving the conversation on on this issue of how can we expand the size of the pie by making energy smarter. And we've been there for ten years, and so a lot of us starting to pay off. One of the things that uh, we've done in uh, our history here is, of course, is drive de facto standards. And so we always believed that data communication was going to play an important role. And now finally in 2020, national standards have been upgraded. IEEE 1547's been upgraded. It now requires communication. Sunspec Modbus is one of the components that you can use in that space. And so I would say, yeah, we're having definitely having an effect uh, across the union. Yeah. And as you put it in a conversation we had recently, 
2020 is the year of the integration of everything. So with that in mind, and for those unfortunate souls who haven't listened to episode 111, would you set the stage for where Sunspec sits? What is exactly the role you play? Is it just for the solar industry? Is it more broadly clean energy? And I'd like you to explain it in a way that someone who is either, whether you're an installer, uh, an IT professional, a panel salesman, or someone interested in coming into the industry, they would understand how Sunspec plays a role. Well, our slogan or our motto is to create information standards for distributed energy. So when we got started, we were all about solar energy, of course, as you can tell by our name, Sunspec. But distributed energy is actually where, where it's at. I mentioned this IEEE 1547 standard. It applies to the entire United States, and it defines distributed energy as anything that connects to the distribution grid. So that means battery storage. Uh, that could be rotating machines. You know, uh, could be diesel generators and the like. In practice, it's mostly solar power plus lithium-ion batteries. Other types of batteries too, but those are the two that get the, the lion's share. I truly believe 1547, I missed that definition somehow. Can you just redefine it for me? Because many of us are going to hear the alphabet soup and the numbers sure. and they might get confused, but I want to, I want them to have the nugget of what is this thing that he's talking about? Okay. So I truly 1547 was made the U.S. national standard during the Bush uh, era. The Energy Act of 2006 made it the U.S. national standard. So it defines how equipment that attaches to the utility distribution grid must act and operate. After a long hiatus, it had been updated. And because the prior standard was set up such that if anything untoward would happen on the grid, it would automatically kick off all the solar power, right? And so that became a problem. This was the anti-islanding for inverters, et cetera, right? Correct. That's right. And so in the latest update, you know, as you mentioned, anti-islanding, that's one of the components that was changed, of course, and also opened up greater operating windows for frequency and for voltage right through events. So, so these are events that in the past would have caused a solar inverter to trip off and for, for solar power to quit. And with higher penetration, that means, you know, with more solar energy on the grid, that was bound to happen more and more often the way that the standard was set up. So that all got changed in 2020. And as part of that, data communication came in. There's sort of various layers of how this all gets implemented. My simple understanding of Sunspec is that you sit at the table helping others define the rules of play, right? If we think of this as a board game, the first thing you do when you open up the board game is you look at that piece, well, some people <laughs> look at that piece of paper that says, all right, player A does this, player B does that. And you crinkle it up and throw it in the garbage can. <laughs> no. That's right. That's right. Ah, who cares? Hey, look, there are lots of folks in our industry that crinkle it up from the very beginning and, and they, they create all kinds of havoc. Uh, they, they, they pass go all the time and, and some, some end up in jail. But my purpose here is to set the right understanding for Sunspec is that you guys are, are predominantly tasked and tasking the industry with agreeing to the rules we all play by. Some of those, yeah, some of those operate at the, at the supranational level, as you were just discussing, uh, IEEE 1547 as a standard and, and having the industry coalesce around what are our asks of the regulators for these kinds of things. Others get very detailed and nuanced, right? It's the question between open source versus proprietary. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And to that point, Sunspec publishes everything for free in an open source license. That's sort of our foundation from, from day one. So as we convene the industry on various 
problems or opportunities, whether that's how does an inverter operate? How do grid interconnection rules work? How does the signaling for first responders work in terms of solar panels? When we get involved in these types of issues, it is with the understanding, written understanding, that when we convene industry members that our intention is to develop an open standard that can be freely implemented by all. And so that's how we've operated from day one. And a lot of people say, well, how the heck do you stay in business with that? And the answer for us has been actually pretty simple. We're, we're buying into a big concept is, is to make the size of the pie bigger. And by working on these issues that, that we know that the industry has to tackle, that we can get enough support that we can make a living and make the, the business bigger. And so we've been doing this for 11 years and not about to stop now. The Suncast Career Summit kicks off on September 1st as a first-of-its-kind virtual event exclusively focused on promoting diversity and inclusiveness in the clean energy industry. This event is for job seekers and hiring managers alike. You can engage with industry leaders, attend workshops tailored to practical advice, learn specific strategies in group and one-to-one settings, and develop a game plan for success. Learn more and recommend a friend at suncastcareersummit.com. Hey there, commercial solar warriors. If you listen to this show, then by now you're very familiar that Extensible Energy's DemandX load flexibility software helps close more deals and faster by shifting to lower time of use rates and saving your customers 30% annual demand charges, all at a tenth of the cost of battery-based solutions. But did you know that Extensible also has a new solar partner loyalty incentive program that rewards your sales team with a generous sales bonus? Well, for now, until the end of the year, when you complete just three successful DemandX installs, your sales team member will get a $2,500 check or vacation voucher for when we all do get to travel again. This program also applies to your past customers who already have solar and could benefit from DemandX extra savings. Just contact Extensible Energy at extensibleenergy.com forward slash suncast become a DemandX reseller and get all the program details and benefits for yourself. Again, that's extensibleenergy.com forward slash suncast. In this industry, sit on committees that you've created that really do materially impact the regulations that affect how we work. As such, you do sit in the crow's nest. You see a lot of the icebergs coming at us. And I'd probably couch this entire session as how technology might be changing the, the landscape of, of distributed energy. So I'd invite you to present, as it were, some of the trends that you're seeing from Jan Crow's nest around where this uh, amoeba is morphing and what that might mean for installers, integrators, and other key stakeholders. Well, one of the key trends is that for 2020, this is the year that that uh, regulation and new technology comes into the industry in a very big way, because the 1547 standards I mentioned that's taking effect. Also, the National Electrical Code 2017, its regulation for module level control uh, took effect January 1st, 2020. It now affects 34 states in the union. And so whether the industry likes it or not, the way they welcome it, they want to resist it and so forth, the fact of the matter is they're now in the IT business. And that means that customer expectations will change. It means that what you have to do in your daily work changes. So that's, that's a, I think, an important trend. 
second important trend is that with these new capabilities comes great responsibility. So the reason why this technology is being put in place, let's take, for example, uh, NEC 2017. It's for firefighter and consumer safety. So in the early stages of the marketplace where we were experimenting and, and, and so forth, we sort of o- overlooked the needs of firefighters. And so that is, has now taken place. And so that's why standards like SunSpec Rapid Shutdown, supported by you know 30 plus members of the industry, make a difference there. On the 1547 standpoint, which governs how the DER systems, first of all, connect to the utility grid, and now governs the way that utilities communicate with these individual DER systems through a data communication link. That certainly changes what you have to do on a day-to-day basis to commission, to tune up your systems, to interconnect, and so forth. But then once the system is interconnected and running, there's yet further responsibility, and that's around cybersecurity, right? Because the the networks, the data communication networks that are connecting here are are basically IP-based. So which IP means internet protocol in this case. I made a note here, you are now in the IT business and uh, cybersecurity is a big business right now in IT. And we'll, we'll circle back to that topic of, uh, of cybersecurity as point number two. Point number one, mm-hmm. this idea that protections are inherently required, not only for our civil servants, but for our facilities. And for the grid. Yep, exactly. Core infrastructure for the grid. You mentioned one example that anybody in the United States would be very familiar with is this idea of rapid shutdown. I think that I think there's a misunderstanding in the marketplace around rapid shutdown as a standard that it's just sort of a rule that's required. But the reality is that there, yes, as a rule, you need to comply with rapid shutdown, but there's two camps, right? One that says, well, we can do this where we all agree on the rule, or we can do this in a proprietary uh, sort of closed operating system way. I'm guessing SunSpec has taken the stance of open architecture. Within the industry, what's being accepted? Is there a lot of still sort of proprietary approaches to to the rapid shutdown as one example of uh, these types of protections? Well, it's a new requirement. So I don't think that there's a great understanding of it, even though it's implemented, right? And they have to comply with it. I don't think there's really a great understanding of what the requirement is because it's a, it's a forever type of deal, meaning that once uh, the a system is, is bound by the rules of NEC 2017, it needs to be maintained in that way. And so you're right, we are definitely in the open camp. We have an open standard for that purpose. And the reason why an open standard is needed, we believe, is that, first of all, individual integrators are going to mix and match components. I mean, how many installers have had designs that were fully put together, fully vetted, approved, and so forth, and then found out that they had a component shortage? And so what did that mean? Typically, that means a redesign, means more cost, means a customer delay, et cetera. So if with an open standard, you have the ability to mix and match. So that's important at the point of sale. But now let's talk about five, six, 10 years down the road. You have a component failure, you need to replace that component. Maybe the one that you purchased in the first go is no longer available, or even that that manufacturer is now out of business, has been absorbed and so forth. What do you do with making your system whole? With an open standard, you have a, a good chance of doing that. And with a proprietary system, much more difficult. You know, I don't want to speak for others. <laughs> I'll speak for myself, having installed systems and the and then moved on from those companies. I'll speak for my customers. It surprises me that 
as an industry, we wouldn't obviously like I can understand corporate interests, but I would feel that as an industry, as the installers, the homeowner advocates, even the FCC maybe would advocate for the ability for interoperability, for for replaceability, especially when, as we talked about, uh, and we will talk about momentarily, cybersecurity, we face a scenario where we're not sure that in 10 or 15, 20 years, we'll even be able to buy from the same vendors, whether they are operating or not. Yeah, I think this is a real interesting quandary for the industry. I would encourage anyone listening, really do your homework around the products that you're buying. Sunspec, as I've stated earlier, has certainly earned the merit badge as the arbiter of truth in, in our industry in many ways, gathering consensus, and not that private industry hasn't, but gathering consensus from industry professionals that have been in the industry for 30, 40, 50 years around what implications that may be put in place today might impact 15, 20, 30 years from now, because they've been in the industry long enough to see the implications from the, in some cases, foolish, otherwise interested policies that were put into place in the 80s and 90s uh, that affect us today. Or rather, as technology evolves, we, we just have to be able to think outside of the box on that. As I mentioned, if you listened to episode 111, you'll understand how Tom, in fact, has the credibility uh, and, and the, the pedigree, as it were, to think outside of the box around how the internet might evolve. He's done it a couple of times in, in the past. And I really appreciate the ability to dig into this topic specifically with you. I think that the whole conversation around cybersecurity is, is an entire episode on its own. So... I'm going to call an audible here, and why don't you guys stay tuned for the next episode that's going to come out with Tom, where we're going to dig into how and why might this idea of cybersecurity impact the way you think about not only the product you buy, but the product you offer as an installer, as a service provider in the industry. But Tom, before we close, I want to make sure that folks have a chance to reach out to you. How can they connect? Where can they find out more about SunSpec? And also importantly, how can folks learn more about SunSpec, get involved in the ecosystem that we've mentioned here, and even support, if they choose, with their advocacy or, or their money, the, the work that you're about? Thanks, Nico. I appreciate that question. I'll give you three answers. The most obvious one is joinsunspec.org. And that's how you reach us. Just go to sunspec.org. Second way that you can support us, I believe, is buy SunSpec-compatible products. Look for the mark. So if you want an interoperable product that will work well and talk with your local utilities, support firefighters, look for that SunSpec mark. Thirdly, if you're new to this subject matter and you want to become more skilled in it, take a class. So through a U.S. Department of Energy grant, we're producing 27 units of uh, academic uh, curriculum all around these topics of how DER is getting smarter. It's for both for installers, uh, for technical professionals, for engineers. So there's definitely something in there for you. And it deals with all these topics that we teed up in this episode. Well, there you have it, Solar Warriors. Stay tuned for part two of this episode, which will be all about cybersecurity. Tom, super grateful to have you back on Suncast. And certainly, you're always welcome here. And Suncast Tribe loves you. Appreciate it, Nico. All right, that's a wrap on today's conversation, Solar Warriors. But I do hope that you'll check out the other Two for Tuesday episodes and let me know what you think of these shorter format discussions. You want more like this? You can find more than 200 episodes, resources, highlights from the discussions, along with social media links to each guest episode, book recommendations, and so much more over on the blog at mysuncast.com. 
And that's also where you'll find other ways to engage with the Suncast tribe, like subscribing to our weekly emails, or even joining the exclusive inner circle we affectionately refer to as the Guild. If you're on Spotify or iTunes, I so appreciate your rating and review so that others can also find Suncast more easily. A special thank you to our sponsors who help make this podcast possible. You can learn more about them at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. Follow the links there for any offers we've discussed here today. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle. <laughs>